You're listening to Film School, broadcasting every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time at KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California, and on the web at KUCI.org slash filmschool. I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Kaspar. In the order of myths, our guest today, director Margaret Brown, focuses on the parallel hearts of Mobile, Alabama's two racially segregated Mardi Gras carnivals. Brown's documentary traces the exotic world of secret mystic societies and century-old traditions and pageantry. Against this backdrop, she uncovers a tangled web of historical violence and power dynamics. Brown is the producer and director of the acclaimed documentary Be Here to Love Me, a film about Towns Van Zant. The Order of Myth is a Spirit Award nomination for the Truer Than Fiction and Best Documentary Awards. Margaret Brown, welcome to film school. Thanks. How are you doing today? I'm good. Is How it, are y'all? We're, we're real good. You're in New York now, huh? <laughs> yeah, I'm in New York. Yeah, is it, uh, are you at home? I am, yeah. Huh? So are you working on anything right now? Yeah, I'm trying to write something new, and, you know, I haven't done that in a while, so it's, it's a little rusty, but it's coming. Yeah? Yeah, so you have some uh, writer's block at the moment? <laughs> I, <laughs> I have writer's block, but I also have coffee, so I'm doing all right. Oh, good, good, good. <laughs> well, there you go. A great cup of coffee. There's yeah. nothing like that, especially with writer's block. Yeah. I, I was reading just the other day that writer's block is actually a good thing, because if you said everything you wanted to say, you'd be a mess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want to believe that, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Now, this to start off with, the title of your film, The Order of Myths, could you talk a little bit about that? Tell us what it means. Yeah, sure. I mean, it has a few different meanings, but the most sort of obvious one, I guess, is The Order of Myths is the oldest parading mystic society in Mobile. And Mobile is actually in the United States where Mardi Gras started. And The Order of Myths is also a society that um, my family, who is white, has been a member of for many years. And the film, although not told in sort of a personal film format in many ways, I guess is a personal film. And so, you know, I I guess like um, there's a few different other meanings to the title, too, but those are the sort of easiest ones. Well, go with the other meanings, too. Well, I mean, I guess um, the order of myths is sort of about like how stories are ordered or how stories or myths are sort of um, unpacked. And I mean, the film is a lot about um, tradition and, and is tradition good or is tradition bad and sort of why, sort of unpacking the word tradition. So I guess, um, you know, I, I thought the, I thought the uh, first of all, I thought the name, the Order of Myths, was a very sort of poetic name for uh-huh. that organization to choose. And so, um, but then it sort of also fit my movie quite well. Yeah, I want to, in the film, I'm just going to uh, give a little bit of infra, a hard hard fact about the infra, mm-hmm. about the film, and that is, that this order of myths has to do with folly chasing death, and there's a there's a uh, an enactment, a reenactment of that idea with mm-hmm. with this with this one one float, mm-hmm. and uh, it's basically the idea behind Mardi Gras. I mean, in, in yeah. its yeah, essence, there's actually a a a Jokerish uh, person with, yeah. a, with, with kind a, of a pillow with a pig bladder, as yeah. the tradition yeah. goes. Yeah, yeah. Chase, chasing around a, a skeleton or someone dressed as a skeleton. And yeah, it's, mm-hmm. yeah it's, it, it makes for a great a great visual in the film. Oh my God, that was actually the visual that before I even knew what the film was about. Huh? I wanted to start the film with that image because when you're a kid growing up in Mobile, or at least for me, I mean, that image just haunts you. Uh-huh. You know, like when you you I always used to look forward to it, like coming. It was the last 
it was the first float of the last parade, which kind of meant Mardi Gras was over. But I felt always felt like it was kind of the creepiest one, yeah. you know, as a kid. Even as a child, kind of did, you, did you, even as a child, you just it sort of uh, resonated. Is that what you're? Yeah, I mean, I think it, I think it resonates with everyone because it's a very primal image. Um, yeah. You know, folly chasing death, and then death sort of chases folly for a while. They take turns chasing each other, uh-huh. and I think, like you know, it's it's one of these things that's in our subconscious. Yeah. Now, you said that this was uh, you know, a personal documentary that wasn't. Uh, you didn't put yourself in the film, even though you, your presence is, is really there, there in your grandfather at one point. Well, when did you decide to pull out of the film? I, I heard that you had taken some scenes with yourself in it. Was, what yeah. was your decision based on? It just, um, I felt like... It, you know, I wanted to, after Be Here to Love Me, my first film, um, that film was about someone who, he had already died when I started sort of conceiving the film. Um, and so I, I, didn't, I, I didn't even get a chance with that film to make any kind of like verite documentary. It was all sort of, you know, bits of recreations in a certain way, like, archi- like sort of um, reading archival materials and using like really what I felt were strong interviews. Um, and I think for this film, I wanted a really different kind of challenge, you know, one that I could, I could try and shoot a verite film. Mm-hmm. So that was like, I mean, before even sort of knowing what was going to happen within the parameters of, you know, of this year, I knew I was going to film Mardi Gras during 2007. Um, that was kind of all I knew. I knew that, um, that, that, was like, that was like the frame within which I would make a film. Well, let's set up the the sort of the the broad the broad picture here of what the film is about. It and go ahead and kind of lay out the uh, the, uh, the we're following well the segregation here between yeah. the two communities and and the two Mardi Gras celebrations. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really know how much that would be the film when I started. Oh. Um, like I said, I sort of the challenge for me was to go into something where I didn't know what was going to happen and, and, and film it. Um, I mean, I definitely knew that um, Mardi Gras was segregated. You know, I mean, people would say to your face, oh, it's not segregated, but it's <laughs> like, come on, you know. Um, and I would sort of like nod and be like, well, whatever you say, you know. <laughs> um, and then, um, and then, uh, you know, I... I I found the connection actually after Mardi Gras was over between the two queens, which is sort of a lot of what the film, and I should just say for people who haven't seen the film, um, what happens is um, Helen Mayer is the white Mardi Gras queen, and um, her ancestors brought the last slave ship to the United States in 1859 illegally, which is something I knew before the film started but didn't really think would figure into the film, you know. But then... Sorry. No, I just it's just a jaw-dropping story. Yeah. That that story just honestly I was just completely floored by Well, let her go on. Oh yeah, please. Like. I'm sorry. I I, I don't want to I don't I think that's an important part of the film that needs yeah, to be Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. I mean, that was what made me realize I really I, I wanted well the, the 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 relationship is that um Stephanie who was the Black Mardi Gras queen who we were also following um you know both, you know, in separate groups, um, is descended from that ship, which is something I didn't find out till after Mardi Gras was over and we were interviewing her and her grandparents together. Her grandparents primarily raised her. And, um, and you know, I mean, it, it was just like I saw... The film was sort of about, like, 
you know, I, I wanted to make a film at least about how history is sort of alive in the present, like, you know, the Faulkner quote, the past isn't dead, it isn't even past. I, I, growing up there, I, you could feel this, you know, living there, and the difference between what you see and what people say is true. And I knew that, like, whatever film I made, it would be rich because I knew that both these things were there. I just didn't know, but I didn't know I would get something as rich as that connection, as solid as that. Mm-hmm. We're speaking with Margaret Brown. The movie is The Order of Myth. And there's, there's a point where, where Stephanie Lucas even says uh, regarding that ship uh, that Helen Mayer, her people brought our people over to this country. Yeah. You know, that's you, just, that's just a, that was just a stunning moment. That was a, a, a great central point for the film. Do, do you not want to say what the exact story is here without because you think that oh, betrays, betrays yeah. too much of the film itself or... Uh, Which part of the well, story? Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. well, I'm just talking. I'm, ta- I'm talking about the bet, and mm-hmm. and then I mean the 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 mayor. The, I forgot his first name. Who goes who, who on a bet goes to Timothy Africa? Timothy Mayor. Tim, and brings back a ship full of slaves. Uh, Fifteen or twenty years after slave trade had been banned in the United States, yes. but his bet with somebody on in Mobile is that he can bring back a ship full of slaves. Yes, smuggle it into the port. Yeah, yeah. smuggle it into the port. As he's disembarking from the slave ship to go ashore, he tells the first mate, if I'm not back in an hour, to essentially scuttle the ship, burn it, and walk away. Yes. And he's not back in an hour? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And And so the people who survived the ship basically founded this community in Mobile called Africatown, which is... um, you know, something growing up there I didn't even know about. Wow. And, um, I mean, it's sort of this hidden history. And, you know, people, black and white, in Mobile, I mean, a lot of people do know about it, but the general populace does not know about it. And it's kind of like, in a way, it's almost like a Plymouth Rock for a lot of those people because they yeah. can trace exactly where they're from, which is n- not usual, you know, for a lot of the slaves that came to this country. Now, now the, uh, the Mardi Gras, the celebration there in Mobile, is uh, I, I think it was uh, it was a David Cooper of uh, the MCA mm-hmm. in, during the film said that the economic impact of it is two hundred and twenty seven million dollars during the year yes. for that community. Oh, so this this is a, a huge event that goes huge. on. Huge, yeah. yeah. I mean, is that something you felt when you were a child living there? I mean, did you really feel? Oh yeah. It? No, my family. Um, my my mother's side of the family is steeped in Mardi Gras. The the art in my grandfather's house was of of um, Mardi Gras floats. I mean, it, it was like a passion in my family. So I grew up in that. Um, you know, I wasn't a debutante like the girls that I follow in the film, but um, I grew up like you know going to barn parties. Um, in Mobile, it's it's with a lot of people. It's really a passion. It's kind of. If you're an adult, you know, it's kind of like if you want to be part of a group that's not the church, you know, or in addition to the church, it's almost like a Mardi Gras society, you mm-hmm. know, where you have meetings every month and get-togethers, and it's sort of a way to focus your, your time. Well, we're speaking with Margaret Brown. The, the film is The Order of Myths. Uh, it's a Spirit Award nominee, Best Documentary of the Year. And yeah. um, I, what's so interesting, even within the context of the Mardi Gras, and you're talking about these organizations that uh, your family was a part of and others, but there's a pecking order as well. I mean, there are there are people in the film who refer to they haven't been in Mobile long enough to be considered uh, uh, for membership in some of these other higher-end organizations. You want to walk through sort of the Mardi Gras associations on both sides, the black and the white, and then sort of give us some some context on those? 
Sure. I mean, it's so complicated that I tried to, like, stay away from it in the film because there's, I mean, Mike Simmons, who shot the movie, um, he was like, God, like, if, if people ever understood how, you know, complicated, I mean, it, the movie kind of really pairs down, like, all of the rules and stuff. But, yeah. but yeah, I mean, basically it's based, I think, sort of on class. Um, and the oldest organizations, uh, you know, the Order of Myths is the oldest organization, and that's, like the sort of oldest families in Mobile who are white or in that organization, you know, who aren't Jewish or black. And um, and then it kind of, um, the night before that is like the second oldest organization, and it basically goes backward in the white organizations through time that way. Like um, the more, the older you are, the closer you are to Mardi Gras Day, with a few exceptions. Um, MAMGA is the main sort of black organization, and it it sort of um, looks over a lot of smaller groups that parade mm-hmm. together. Um, like I said, it's kind of complicated. No, I, I realize as, as you're as you're talking about it, but I guess the main thing is you've got the uh, mobile mobile. I always want mobile uh, area Mardi Gras association. That's the black organization, and MCA. Mamba, yeah. And then and then MCA is the Mardi Gras Mobile Carnival Association. Okay, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> And it, but there's also the Mystic Society there too, which yeah. is the uh, kind of um, how would you describe it? <laughs> well, actually, Mobile Carnival Association is kind of over everything, uh-huh. and Mamga is a part of MCA. But then MCA is also um, primarily like I mean, as it as it is the way I understand it, and I'm not sure if this is entirely accurate, but they um, they like have the Camellia Ball, which is the first white event, and I mean this is an entirely white group it's mm-hmm. not um it is segregated yes well yes. Uh, the reason that i'm sort of fixating on this is is that you get all strata of 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 mobile um uh, society in this it's it's very much a reflection of the city itself yeah. the, the mardi gras reflects Mo, uh, mobile and mobile reflects the mardi gras i mean it's it's sort of a mirror well, you image the, in so many the ways upper, the upper white class yeah lower mm-hmm. white class and, and the I believe that's kind of what you would call the mystic society. I, I yes. don't know what to call them. Low, low, but but they're they they seem to be very uh, consumed with having a lot of beer. Yeah, it seemed to be a big deal. Yeah. And and upset that the the mask didn't look quite right that they were supposed to wear. <laughs> right, right. There's, they're there's, uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's there's one scene in there uh, where there's there's two gentlemen explaining. Well, there's one gentleman explaining, another standing right next to him. It's just a beautiful. It's almost like a a Diane Arbus shot. Of uh, do you know which one I mean? Yeah, there? I do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, did you did you realize that that was golden right when you took it? Oh yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> one of those shots when you're shooting. You're like, is the camera on? Is it on record? <laughs> yeah. Checking the monitor. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. one gentleman's not saying anything, and the other gentleman's doing all the talking. They're just they were they uh, friends. Were the two of them? Oh yeah, those those guys are. Um, I mean, this isn't in the film, but those are two of the... They, they still parade, and they're in their 80s, those guys. No, they're and, among um, the first people we see in the film. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, but they wouldn't do the interview. They insisted that they wouldn't be interviewed unless they were wearing masks, because they take being mystic very seriously. Yeah. Um, and, and they wouldn't... I mean, a lot of people wouldn't talk to me at all, and, and, and those that would insisted on wearing masks. Now, now one of the, the, the wonderful things about this film is... The um, the nuance in it. Now we we sort of spent a lot of time here describing the white associations and all of that, and then we have the black uh, version of the Mardi Gras. Mm-hmm. But within that world, um, you you uh, through this film we see a lot of sort of back and forth, uh, holding on to tradition. Both both camps seem to be very much tied to the idea of tradition. 
mm-hmm. uh, for all of the best and worst that it brings out in us. And uh, but we see l- interaction, and we see an increasing amount of of uh, interplay and cooperation, if that's the right word, between these two these two right. main organizations. Yeah. Uh, right. I mean, was that, was that a review? Uh, since you uh, you had said you weren't sure where this film was, where it's when it started, where it was going. How much of that did surprise you, or how much of it were, did, were you not aware of? I mean, God, it kind of depends on how I feel during the day, whether or not I think the film is hopeful or not. Because sometime when we were shooting, we'd just be like, "Oh God, this is so depressing." Like the sort of the distance between these two groups of people, you know. Um, but then at other times, I would feel incredibly hopeful because I saw like how people were willing to kind of come together and enjoy each other. So. Um, I wanted the film to reflect both of those feelings at different times because I think the truth is complicated and I really wanted, I didn't want a neat film that said like, well, this is how it is because that, there, that, there's nothing neat about Mobile in that way. I mean, it would be a total lie. So I wanted to make a film that reflected the complexity of it and left the audience kind of asking questions about, you know, how they felt, like how it made them feel, you know, like these complexities and also how does this relate to their community because I certainly don't think that, you know, racism and issues of class are delegated to Mobile, Alabama. I mean, I think these issues can be seen all across the nation. Now, there's uh, one of the debutantes, the white debutante. Uh, is it uh, Britain Youngblood? Yes. Yes. Uh, she's she's be more of your uh, liberal debutante, I think, and seemed a little bit divorced from the whole process of uh, of, of the Mardi Gras, but was persuaded by her mother to to take part in it. Did you uh, did you feel close to her at all? I mean, Britain was the first character I started with, yeah. um, and she was someone who I felt like represented, in a way, like represented me in the film, because she, I went to Brown, she went to Brown. I knew her before the film started, and my mom called me and said, you know, when, before I even knew this film was a documentary, I was thinking at first that it was a narrative that was kind of, I'd written this story in graduate school about my mom as a runaway Mardi Gras queen, and the film kind uh-huh. of started as a, you know, scripted piece with actors, um, with a script, and I was going down to Mobile ostensibly to research this, but then I found Britain was going to be a debutante, and I started kind of going into the world um, that was presented, and um, and it just it became too interesting to ignore as a documentary. Was it hard to let go of your script? I mean, maybe still I'll do it. I don't know, but... Um, but but for now I, I need to I need to do something fresh. I mean the, the material for me now is um, you know I've been working on it for two years. So, mm-hmm. but um, but yeah I mean I think there's I mean in Mobile like everywhere you turn around there's an incredible story. The place is so rich mm-hmm. um, with with stories and and really interesting people. So I mean I, I definitely think there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff to be sort of um, made there. Well the the issues that you bring in to obviously racism. Is is an obvious part of this story, but the I was, I just love the way that you brought in um, race by virtue of the trees that mm-hmm. uh, in Mobile, um, and how that tied in later on was a was was a stunning uh, part of the film for me. Just this, just sort of a uh, you, you that that is a sort of a metaphor, if you will, for Mobile uh, that, mm-hmm. that these trees are really valued. I mean, you, you show uh, scene, uh, scenes where the sidewalk is completely torn up. It's Obviously, they're, they're, uh, these are sacrosanct. Uh, well, the roots of the trees the roots of the have tree. torn up the sidewalk. Yeah, 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 and how important they are. And then it kind of ties back into this. Uh, to lynchings. To lynchings, Which, which uh, yeah, Mobile yeah. Alabama had the last uh, lynching in, the in America in 1981. 
Yes. Yeah. So it's how did they did were there things that you cut out of the film that were more uh, not racial but racist? Did no, because well, it's something that's re- I have found extremely interesting about how people interpret the film isn't what you just said about the trees and how it relates to the lynching. In Mobile, white people always raise their hands in Q&As and say, I don't understand why the lynchings in the film or how it relates to anything. Like, they don't see the connection. Uh-huh. It's the strangest thing. Uh, yep. And I have to sort of explain it, um, like, what it is. It's almost like this blindness, you know. Uh-huh. And, um, but people everywhere else seem to get it, black and white or... or um, you know. So you're saying in Mobile they they didn't get it the white audience didn't no, get it no no huh. there was like um people people not every white person but there've been a lot of white people who don't understand why it's in there and so it'll sort of trickle to me through my parents like my dad will call and say so and so wants to know why the lynchings in the film and I'll be like dad can't you just explain it to him <laughs> you know? well well this, it's just it's again I mean I, I said it earlier this is such a nuanced film it doesn't it 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 you and the younger the the, the La- the 2007 court from both the white and the black, Mardi Gras, um, you see some uh, recognition within both of uh, yeah. within all of them of these traditions and how they've impacted their their own lives and the, and the, and the society at large. Um, yeah. yeah, it's wonderful. Uh, at, it, it, there's a wonderful conclusion to the film. I won't give away, but uh, did did you know that that's, that's where you were going once you filmed it? Oh, um, w- no. W- with, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, okay. I didn't but, even know that would be in the film. I just, it just fit, because it yeah. was another mask, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah and, and when your grandfather says he's going to tell you something, but you can't record it, mm-hmm. can you repeat it? Oh, <laughs> uh, no, I don't ever tell. That's mystic information. That's oh, darn No one knows. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Me, but, I know. It's but a we, beautiful end to the film, Yeah, but, the but we know really. who you are, you see. <laughs> <laughs> wearing a mask, <laughs> I could accept that answer. Uh, no, no, forget it. Uh, now, now, how healthy never. do you think think it is in the, uh, in the, uh, well, in, in all of culture, to have a day or to have a time where you're not who you are? It's our what ha- was the question? I missed the beginning of it. What did you say? Well, how, how healthy do you think it is? Uh, do you think it's a, 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 a healthy uh, part of our society? Mm-hmm. And, and missing in a lot of parts where you get to have a day or an hour or, or sometime where, you, where you're not who you are, where you can be a mystic society, where no one knows who you are. Like Halloween, I think, is supposed to approximate that for, right. for most people now, and, and they're, they're taking that away from us. But, yeah. But uh, yeah. It, it, within the mystic societies, is, is, you think that's a, a, a healthy organization for people? Well, I mean, again, I think it's complicated. I, I, first of all, I think in Mobile... Um, a lot of times, there, there's two sides to it. First of all, I think, like, it kind of, it doesn't, like, it's not a reversal. I mean, it, I think for the most part, it further stratifies, like, class and racial divisions. It, it sort of um, com- compounds them. It doesn't make them less. But mm. then also, I do think that people get a ton of joy out of Mardi Gras in their own mystic societies. And, I mean, they love it, you know. So I, I have to believe that that's healthy because it makes people happy. Yeah. But I think, you know, some of these traditions need to be examined because maybe people should look at if it makes you happy and how things signify and, you know, maybe something that makes you happy doesn't necessarily make someone else happy. Maybe that should be looked at. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it, it really is a kind of a reflection of the film that um, 
that the the, the, the Mardi Gras itself is this um, this way to get lost, but it really there really is so much beneath the surface. Putting on these masks, there's so much below the surface, and it seems that the tradition within a mobile is so ingrained in in these people that they can't see what it is that these things really represent in in, in the sort of the, the darker side of these the representation of what they're doing mm-hmm. uh, it's almost post-racial i mean i'm watching the film and it almost almost felt like uh these people can put these masks some of them can put these masks on and it relive this tradition but they know in the back of their head you can't in this day and age not know what what is what these things represent I don't know. You don't? Okay. <laughs> I don't know if I agree with you. Um, I okay. don't think it is post-racial. I don't think there is a post-racial yet, necessarily. No. no, I don't. And and I really do think that maybe now that the people have seen the movie, they can uh, see that. But I don't think when it was happening, people knew the power of some of the images in the film. I really don't. I think it's so part of the culture there. It's so like yeah. taken for granted that it's invisible almost. Okay. Like like some of the uh, the outfits that look strikingly yeah. like Ku Klux Klan outfits and yeah, right? I mean I don't think yeah. I don't think people are thinking about that or if they are it's not ever commented on. Uh-huh. How, how, I just wonder how you couldn't wonder when the, some of those uh, some of those uh, headgear that they put on are so obviously uh, about I mean what we associate with the Ku Klux Klan. In fact, weren't the Ku Klux Klan initially known as the Mystic Knights of the Ku Klux Klan? Is that I'm not sure. Uh, I thought that's yeah. what, that was what they were referred to. Yeah. Uh, now, your cinematographer was Michael Simmons. Yeah. yeah. Did, did you uh, enjoy working with him quite a bit? Yeah, no, yeah. he was great. Yeah, he it, was it, great. the film looked great. Did, yeah. Was there uh, uh, times where you had disagreements about how where the camera should be? I mean, I got, I can't even really remember. Um, yeah. I don't think so. I also yeah. had um, other crews, and during Mardi Gras, I had like two other crews working, but. Yeah, like after Mardi Gras, we came, we went back down and kind of filled. When I, when I realized the film wasn't a verite film, um, you know, I realized that uh, there were some holes that had to be filled with maybe interviews and, and the images of the trees and the stuff with Stephanie's grandparents and the whole Africa Town like narrative we did later because we didn't realize it was a part of the story when, during Mardi Gras. Yeah. So we went back and shot a ton. Well, I, you did a great job with the crews that you had at the time. It seems like you were at a lot of very key uh, uh, um, meetings and events that led up to Mardi Gras 2007. It just, uh, you were in a lot of different places, and it, I felt as if I was in the process uh, along with uh, with you in, in as this thing unfolded. So good job. Okay. With that, yeah. no, and and Michael you. Taylor, your your editor. Uh, yeah. Did you? Uh, He's one of my editors. You, yeah, you also of, edited. You oh, that's right. And there's Jeffrey Richmond, too. Yeah. Uh, did you uh, uh, work a lot with him? Did you uh, spend a lot of time uh, figuring this out? Because it has a great rhythm in the film. Um, well, the way it worked is Michael was down with me when we were shooting, and um, and he was logging the film. We shot 370 hours, and oh. he was like, as we were, because I knew I would have to, I knew if I'm going to cover all these different organizations, I had to be in more than one place at once because it's all happening at the same time. And yeah, right. I'd work with Michael on Be Here to Love Me. I knew he was great, and I knew we really got along, and I knew he could, he would get into it, and he would be like a really good collaborator for that part of the process. And then so I worked with him for a few months as we were shooting and a little bit after. Then I edited by myself um, up to sun, up to when I got into Sundance with a rough cut. Right. And then I brought on Jeff to finish the film with me, like, um, you know, in the sort of six weeks I had to finish, or maybe eight, I can't remember, to finish the film um, to, you know, be in Sundance. 
Are you looking forward to the uh, the Independent Spirit Awards? Oh yeah, I think yeah. it's gonna be great. You gonna yeah. come out? You gonna be here? Oh yeah, for sure, definitely. Well, that'll be, yeah, that'll be, yeah, that'll be fun. Well, good luck. Yeah. Thanks. Okay, all yeah. the best. Uh, it's yeah, a terrific this is, film. Yeah, it is absolutely terrific film. This. This is uh, it should it should win an Academy Award too. And, we won't. We'll, we'll go for another time. We'll, we'll talk about the the, the short list of the Academy Awards, but that, that's for another show. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, Margaret Brown, thank you uh, for being here on Film School. The film is the Order of Myths uh, Spirit Award nominee, and all the best to you on, on this and in all your future projects. Oh, thank you all so much. All right. To learn more about Film School, listen to more interviews, or subscribe to our podcast, visit our website at KUCI.org slash filmschool.